0: Please call the roll. Mr. Here. Mr. Here. Mr. Fritz. Here. Dr. Here. Mr. Here. Mr. Here. Mr. Here. Mr. Here. 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 The regular board meeting, <coughs> excuse me, for the month of uh, August, and we do have a quorum. We need a motion to approve the agenda for this evening's meeting. So moved. Second. Motion made and seconded any discussion. All in favor of the motion, say aye. Aye. Opposed? That is unanimous. Need a motion to approve regular meeting minutes of July 24th and the executive session minutes of July 24th. So moved.
1: Second.
0: Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. Aye. Opposed? That is unanimous. Special recognition, Mr. Steele. Mr. Bradley,
2: could you join me at the podium? Or so, uh, when Project Village was first established, the school district, the local church, and Mount Air came together to develop a plan to serve the highest needs students. And through the years, we've managed to maintain a high quality relationship uh, with that community. Uh, this evening, uh, we have gentlemen here, Mr. Roger Marino and Mr. Sean McKeon from Mount Air, and they have requested to come to tonight's meeting and address the board and the, the folks out there. And also, Dr. Carey, if you're out there, could you come up, please? Gentlemen.
1: Good evening. Uh, my name is Sean McKeon. I'm the Director of Communication and Community Relations at Mount Air Farms. And uh, Roger Marino, most of you know, is here with us. Uh, we wanted to come and just address you and, and uh, just echo your sentiments. It's been a great partnership for our company to partner with the uh, Indian River School District and Project Village. And tonight we'd like to present that program with a check for $10,000. and. Uh, we look forward to partnering with you in different ways, more creative ways, to do more for the, uh, for the uh, Indian River School District. So we on behalf of Mountain funds. we'd like to just say we're honored to be able to do this.
3: Thank you so much. I, I just want to point out that not only financially,
4: but we have employees come over and read to our students for uh, our coat tribes they have departments who give coats um, to our, our little ones, and even organize Easter egg hunts um, and things for
3: all of the seasons. So we really appreciate um, their Wild relevant support. And I have a little thank you note. It has the the students' little thumbprints from um, from Project Village, and we really appreciate the partnership. So thank you so much.
0: Next item on the agenda is for public comment. The board allows 15 minutes at the beginning and ending of each regularly scheduled board meeting for anyone in the audience who wishes to make a public comment. At the present time, we have uh, three people who have signed up. I hope I get this one right. Uh, is it Kim Nurek?
5: Just uh, wanted to open up uh, the new school year with some prayer and, uh, and uh, words of encouragement. <clears throat> please, please pray with me. Dearest Father God, dearest Lord Jesus, dearest God the Holy Spirit, sovereign God, thank you God for this good day, this blessed day. God, first of all, I'd like to lift up those uh, victims and families uh, down in uh, Texas and Louisiana. God, we all uh, hurt with them, and God, we just pray for uh, safety and and, uh, recovery and healing for those in those areas. Uh, We are a generous country, God, and we just pray that uh, folks would respond as they have responded already. Lord Jesus, I'd like to open up also for this school uh, board and uh, pray for wisdom and guidance for all of them. they are a good bunch uh, with, uh, uh, I believe, a lot of good intent. God, give them, give them good wisdom and uh, give them good intent for uh, the new school year. Please bless the students, uh, the teachers, um, all the districts in Sussex and in Delaware and in our nation, Lord. Uh, pray, with our, uh, pray for our leaders. Help us to be united as a country and... Uh, Help us to look unto you, the giver of all wisdom. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In your blessed, holy, righteous name we pray. Amen. Thank you.
0: The next speaker is Andrea Rash. Maybe you have uh, three minutes
6: um good evening board members my name is andrew rash i'm madison cully's mother i'm sure all of you know (laughs) i am coming before you tonight to discuss school choice i know it's a very big topic that we've been discussing about my daughter was school choice for numerous reasons the main reason was daycare needs becoming a single mother over a year ago I placed my daughter in daycare needs, as well as my parents I provided on them to look after her. She attends Little Einstein. By planning out arrangements, I made sure that she was able to go to before and after school care, making sure the district that I chose was able to care for her before and after needs. My parents will also live in Georgetown and have also been gracious enough to help me accommodate her to school, after school, and daycare. Last year she attended um, Georgetown Kindergarten Center where she was able to get on and off the bus. My parents were gracious enough to help me out in that. Um, it's ex- I'm trying to push forward for, for this because it's very important for me because of her educational needs as well as daycare needs. She did extremely well in North. I'm sorry, in Georgetown Elementary School, with her teacher. As any parent, I want to make sure my kid succeeds in educational. As an alumni of Indian River School District, I take pride in her educational and the system that runs it. As any other parent, I want my child to do well in life. I'm coming to you tonight as I. I'm looking for help to get my daughter into North George Channel I'm looking to get these benefits for her daycare needs as well as her educational needs Thank you
0: thank you Bob Maloney next time okay first item under new business the uh, data service center.
2: Yeah, I'd like to ask uh, Mr. Lewis to come to the podium to introduce our guest. Good evening, President
7: Barley, Board Members. Uh, this evening I have uh, Director Katie Semmel from the Data Service Center. Uh, something that we're looking into for our School of Choice uh, application process. And what I would like the Board Members to do is to come down and uh, sit in the audience, and that way you can see a presentation that Ms. Semmel has put together for us.
8: Okay, good evening, everyone. Um, My name is Katie Semel. My voice is generally really loud. And I think the last time that I actually was in a lot of auditorium on a mic was when we had that earthquake. Remember years and years ago? And I didn't feel it. um, So everybody just got up and left the room, and I was like, what is going on? (laughs) So hopefully that doesn't happen tonight. (laughs) Um, So uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you what our choice system looks like. Um, and I thought I'd give you a little bit of background on um, the Data Service Center, and then get right into showing you the applications. Um, I tend to yak, so if I run too long, please cut me off and just let me know that I'm running too long. Okay, the Data Service Center, we are, we've been around for about 40 some odd years. Uh, we've been doing data processing, application development, um, and support services for Uh, school districts in Delaware uh, for about that long. Um, We um, do a lot of things besides choice. We have applications in every district um, in the state, including eye tracker, RAP, which is a discipline system, student truancy, and so on. So anything that we can do to help uh, with the business of schools and supporting the administrative staff and and providing data for students, that's kind of our charge. Um, We are owned and operated by Red Clay and Colonial School District. So, uh, we have actually been supporting choice since its inception years and years ago. And when we first started, um, we were on a mainframe-based system, which we retired about 12 to 13 years ago now. And then we uh, created some online applications, but one of the problems with that is, I think it was like three or four districts, there's Charter School of Wilmington, some of the Newcastle County districts, and they were very siloed. So when parents went to submit an application, it was a different process for each one. So in Newcastle County, um, choice is a huge, huge deal. It's very political um, and it is very competitive. So a lot of parents will choice to multiple schools. And it was harder for them just because it was a charter school of Wilmington-specific application, Red Clay-specific application. So when the state came out with the standardized application for choice, um, we rewrote our entire system to make it more parent-friendly. Um, so now there's one, one place for parents to go. Um, during the course of the choice season, we will process over 25,000 applications through the system. Um, the system stays up and running all year long, but the height of it is that choice window that happens from the beginning of November to the middle of January. Okay? And please feel free to ask me questions as I go along. I think about in 2015, 2014 we rolled out the new system and we had a handful of districts on it. 2015 is when we entered into a state contract with the Department of Education. Um, Basically the role that that DOE plays is they provide guidance, they provide information on regulation, but but we at the Data Service Center, we run the whole show. We do all the training, we do all the support, and we help all the um, districts through the entire process. Okay, so um, right now, this is our core team. uh, This is a major project area for me. Um, So I do all the training, I do all the lottery support, and then one of the things that we can do through this system is bulk notifications, either through email or through hard copy letters. So I'll show you some of that as I go through. And then Will Hines, uh, sorry, Kat Kat Hoffage, she's the day-to-day person. She will, if you guys decide to go this route, she will be Juanita's best friend, um, she is just amazing. She handles all help desk calls. She answers every single question about regulation and forms and processing and all of that, um, and, and she just does a great job. Uh, Will Heinz is our product developer. Um, he um, came into the Data Service Center, actually this was his very first project, and he's just, he's knocked it out of the park. He's done a great job developing this application. Um, and every year adds to it to make the functionality um, so that it's, it makes the, the life of the choice processing person much easier. Okay, so our school choice application, there's actually two. There's a public side of the system, and then there's an internal administrative processing side of the system. So I'm gonna show you uh, a little bit of both of those today. Um, and I'm not gonna go through. Okay, so the overview of the process is parents submit a choice application, the district processes that application, okay, determines if it has everything that it needs to be accepted um, as a a complete application. Then um, we work with the district to uh, help with an electronic lottery if you choose to do that. You don't have to do an electronic lottery right now, but if you choose to do that, we will support you Um, through that whole process. We run the lottery. The lottery takes about, and it it takes into consideration all of your preferences. Um, So if a preference is to invite siblings of returning students, that goes first. We process them first, they get in, and then we move on to the next preference. So so every district is a little bit different depending on what they want to do, but but the lottery can handle all of those different um, processes. Um, And then, once the lottery is completed, and it's reviewed, and it's finalized, then we send out bulk invitations, waitlist information, that sort of thing. And then after that, the district just processes waitlist. Okay? Any questions so far? Okay, so we're gonna take a quick look at the public side of our school choice applications. This is schoolchoicede.org. So all of the uh, applications that parents submit online go through this site, okay? Now, uh, we've we've tried to make this very simple because we don't actually do training for for parents. Um, So we've tried to make the system very intuitive, very simple for all the parents to use. Uh, So one of the things that we have, and we have not um, updated the system for the 2018-2019 choice season yet. Um, It's still on 17-18, so we will do that next week. Um, So you'll see some of the dates are a little bit old, but once we do move the system up to the new school year for the new new choice processing season, all of those dates will change. But one of the things we wanted to make sure that we had front and center was some of the rules around school choice. what, what you can do as far as the applications are, what you can't do, that sort of thing. So that's right there for parents to review. We also make sure that every year if there's any change in regulation, that we review those, we incorporate those into the application if we need to do that. So I'm gonna click on this big blue button and that's gonna take me to the list of all of the open applications. So right now, Kindergarten applications are still open. Okay, so they run much longer period of time than one through 12. They open up um, beginning of November and stay open all the way through to the beginning of the new school year. Okay, so kindergarten is open. And so you will see that every district that we um, work with in charter school uh, should be listed here if they have a kindergarten. Okay, and basically what we're showing here is um, the district name, the date that the form opens, which schools um, have, as an example, kindergarten, and then the capacity information is really a public information to give some type of indicator as to whether or not that building has room to accept kids in as, 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 to do invitations. So when you see at capacity waitlist expected, in most cases there's not going to be anybody pulled off the waitlist because they just they simply, simply don't have room to accept new kids into the building. Okay, so it's just a, a information for parents to see as they're making choices to submit applications. Good question. It's 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 really up to the district. Um, there's an 85% rule. I think it's 85. Um, where if your building is already at 85%, you don't have to do invitations past that point. Um, But some districts will take it right to the edge. Some will go over. Sometimes it's a matter of kind of what your shifts are during the year. Like if you know that you're going to lose 300 kids and you can bring 300 kids in, you know, you may have a different decision about about a grade level or a school. So that's a wishy-washy answer, but... It really comes down to um, what you feel you can handle within the building and not make your class sizes massive. Any other questions on that? Okay, So um, I'm just gonna scroll down here. If you guys do decide to use this, um, Indian River will be listed with all the other districts. Okay, all right. So what I'm gonna do is I'm actually gonna go over to Um, a preview site, okay, and we did um, set up your application. It doesn't take us very long to do that, so we got that done, I don't know, in the last week or so. Um, So this is what your application will look like. You have some control over what you can put here. Some of the districts will put information about their special programs, like immersion programs, IB programs, STEM programs. They'll put it right here so that they're um, advertising a little bit about what's going on in in the district. In some cases, they'll also put some information about um, capacity, all right? Because one of the hardest things about choice is when you do get a lot of applications, but you just can't fit any more kits. So you may wanna put a little bit of information here about what your capacities are as well. Okay, I'm gonna click on Apply. Now every user needs to set up an account. Um, this is a preview site, so I won't actually be able to save anything. But you will be able to see every step of the process. Okay, so in creating the account, the parent will um, enter an email address and fill out the basic information. One of the things that a couple of things that we have on here is um, we don't assume that everybody has an email address. So if they don't, they can mark "I do not have an email address." Okay, and then every all the communications can be hard copy instead of email. Another thing that we have on here, I'm not gonna make you watch me type anything in, I'm just gonna show you certain things. If you have PO boxes or mailing addresses are different than um, physical addresses, then then parents can pop that out and say, I live here but my mailing address is at a different location. Okay. And finally, the last thing, sorry, I'm like not good one-handed here. is actually two things. We do have the option for the parent to say, I'd like to receive all communication in Spanish. So when we set up emails and set up letters, we set up an English version, and we set up a Spanish version. And if the parent indicates um, Spanish is the preferred language, then we make sure that all the communications go out in Spanish instead of English, or both. You can get English and Spanish. It just will depend on what you want to do. The other thing that um, will happen on this actions, is we can switch the whole system over to Spanish. So every um, field and all the descriptions will switch to Spanish if the parent chooses to do that.
9: Okay?
8: So I'm gonna go ahead and log in, just bear with me. All right, so um, whenever I do um, training or demos of this system, I always use my daughter. I actually have her set up already as a um, choice student in the system, so I'm going to type a little bit. This right here is the standard application, so the first page is information about the student. If a student has already submitted an application somewhere else and they're in the system, They can pick the student's name and it'll fill everything in automatically to make it faster. Um, Since I already have her as a choice student in the system, I can't do that, so just bear with me one second. Thank you for putting up with that. Okay, the next page is um, information about parent and guardian, so they have to fill in one. Um, there are two places for parent guardian, and then I'm going to click next. And the next page is about siblings. Okay, so this is where um, if if a if a student that is applying, is applying for kindergarten, and there's our, and that child has a third grade sibling in the building, they can put that third grade sibling in here just to inform um, the choice office that there is a sibling that already attends that school. Okay. And there's two places for that. And we can use that information during lottery. And then the next is the um, school choice application, or tr- selection. So if I pick Indian River High School, then we've set it up so that there's a choice to um, choose to go go into the STEM program or not go into the STEM program. So any of the programs that you have in the district, we can have parents select those right here if you want to do that. So I think we set the immersion programs up that way and we set um, the STEM program and the IB program. So parents can say out of the gate, my preference is STEM or not, okay? In some cases, they may say, um, I'm, I'm, my feeder is Sussex Central, but I want to go to Indian River. And in that case, they may pick STEM as their first choice, and the regular education as their second choice. Okay. And that's okay. They can, they can do that as far as the system is concerned. All right. All right, and then the final page of the application is documents that need to be uploaded. So some of what you're asking for is attendance records, discipline records, academic records. So parents can actually upload the documents here, and then we have a way to review those. And it's actually really simple to upload it. I'm not going to do that. They just click on um, select file, select a file, click save, and it will upload the document. And then the final page is the um, confirmation page, okay? And notice that it says that these items are required but they're not attached. I can still submit the application even if I don't have those documents, it'll just come in as complete and then parents can, can, can submit those later if they need to. Okay. And then the final statement, this was something new that was added. Um, I think last year, the year before, is it certifies that everything on the application is accurate um, and that if it is found that it is not, then the application is void. Okay. So I can't submit it because this is a preview site, but I click submit at this point, I'd get a confirmation page and a confirmation email at that point. Okay, so that's the public side. It's really easy. Like I said, during a choice period, we'll process 25,000 applications easily. Um, And very rarely do we get calls in my office about using the application. So it is very simple for for the parents to use. Any questions? Yes. So um, yes, and then there's a way to manually enter those. And in some of the districts, um, some of them are really um, make a push to do most of them online. So a strategy that they've used is set up like a kiosk computer in the choice office so they can come in and sit down at that computer and get some help um, completing the application. Um, In other cases, they've had like parent nights and had the parents get on the computers and submit their application um, at that parent choice night. So there's a lot of different ways you can do it, and it's all going to depend on kind of what your goals are in terms of getting um, parents to use the online system. Um, I didn't necessarily say that. (laughs) Um, I think they would still need to have that information. It's something that they can, um, you know, come on a file and they can upload it. So there's a a variety of different ways that they could get that file. If, If they don't have the means to upload a document, then they can always send them to the office and they can be scanned and uploaded at the office. Okay, so there's options for that. Yes, sorry. Oh. So, um, do you mean, uh, so let me just, I want to make sure I answer your question. So are you just asking if the Data Service Center is offering this as, uh, uh, to be available for Indian River? There's no fee. The state pays for it. The state pays for it. That <laughs>
10: yeah. <laughs> so basically, it's it's basically
8: the same. Sure. Yes, I'd say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so what it does is what this does is it gives parents an easy way to submit an application, and then but it also makes the processing um, within um, the choice office much easier because instead of spending time doing data entry from handwritten forms, the information comes in through the online application that's a matter of processing it. And the other thing that, that happens um, at, at lottery time and the, the difficult thing to do when you have multiple schools at a grade level, so when you've got multiple elementary schools, multiple middle schools, multiple high schools, is to deal with the ins and outs that happen with choice. So when someone is invited out of Indian River, now you've got a seat there and you can put someone in. So the lottery handles all that electronically. So, and that, that to me is a, is a really difficult part to get it right if you're doing it by hand. And it's very time consuming. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, right now there is um, a bill that was submitted at the end of the session. It'll probably come up, you know, at the beginning of the next session where they are saying, they, they want to say that the system has to be used by every district in the state. As of right now, it's really just Indian River and a handful of charter schools that are not using it. It's a bill that was submitted at the end of the session, so the bill would have to pass first. So it's really not an issue until, if it does pass, then it'll take, be in effect, probably next choices season, not this choice season. So there can be a variety of things. Um, Yes, yeah. Um, but it's all, it's still, it, it's not, it, they're not necessarily lottery-related denials. So it, sometimes um, kids are too young to start kindergarten, so that could be a, a, a withdrawal that happens because of that. Um, sometimes there's um, applications that, that parents want to, they, they don't live in Delaware yet, and they have to be a resident of Delaware to submit an application. Um... And then, it, um, I, or there are there other examples of when you have disciplined a- attendance and academic issues? Um, um, this year, I think it is 85,000. hmm You did not lose me. Um, so the system in and of itself can't make those decisions. And, but through, with your IB program you have an application that kids have to complete, right? And they have to get recommendations from teachers and things like that. So I'm gonna give you an example of what happens in, in other places. Um, in other districts there are IB programs, there are um, early college highs, there are School of the Arts, um, and um, those, because of those specialized systems, you can evaluate students um, and um, say whether or not they passed the criteria or didn't pass the criteria, that sort of thing. We have another system um, called School Choice Assessment that, um, that you can enter information into to help you make those decisions. Um, based off of the applications that you have. Um, That lets us know if we're gonna do an electronic lottery if kids should go into the lottery or not go into the lottery for those specific programs. And and that is totally allowed through the state, through the law. Um, Nothing that we do um, violates any regulations that are currently in place and we make sure that, that that happens. Does that answer your question?
5: Right, so you have certain criteria. You've
8: got a kind of like a, 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 a line in the sand, right? So, so that's where the school choice assessment application can come into play. And we didn't talk about this in, in detail um, when we did the webinar. Um, but we can talk about how that would work. It's, it, it, um, it's not something that, like, ranks kids from one to whatever. Um, it's just saying these... Hundred kids meet the criteria for this very rigorous program and I've got 50 seats available and then we run the lottery to get 50 kids in. Okay. It's, it, you set the capacity on the lottery. So we don't control that. So you say, I've got 500 kids in this building, I can only fit 450 kids, I can't accept any new kids into the building.
4: those capacities so only based off of what you
8: said yeah so if you say there's 10 kids that we want to get in we're going to accept 10 kids in so we don't control we don't lock it down and say you can't you can't invite these kids it still becomes a decision that you can make. It's a, it's a district or school decision. The, 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 this system doesn't prevent you from doing that. Yeah, I mean, I can show you.
0: Right.
9: Right. I'm
8: going to show you um, the capacity settings for, for red clay. Um, And red clay um, can get close to 3,000 applications during a choice season. And they're they're way more complex than anybody else. Um, So they're always a good example. Okay, so When we go through, when we're getting ready to do the lottery, one of the things that gets set up, and this is an internal setup within the application, is you say what your capacities are. Okay, so um, AI High is a good example of a school that has a special program, which is their Early College High. Okay, and I think last year was the first year that we um, that we had it set up as a program for kids to select. And basically, what they're saying is, at, at ninth grade, we've got 65 seats that we can fill. Okay. So um, the capacity is 65, there's no, there's no kids that automatically feed into that program. So that green 65 over projected seats available, we know we can put 65 kids in, those, in that school, okay? Um, for the other grades in that school, you can see their 10th grade is at capacity. They've got 300 kids that they know are coming. They have no seats available, so we don't put any kids in, in the 10th grade. And then um, 11th and 12th grade, you can see, there's a few seats in 11th, there's no seats in 12th, okay? Because their projections are saying, we just can't fit any more kids. They go through, right, they'll go through and they'll look at these percentages. And even though, um, like, so what we, one of the things that we do for, for Red Clay is we do a complex projections calculation. And so they'll initially put those numbers in here, but then they'll go through and go, okay, well, we know at this one school, we've got this really large sixth grade that's gonna be moving up through the grades, so we're gonna adjust the capacity so that we don't end up with these big bubble grades going forward, does that make sense? Um, so, so, So you control what those are. You've got capacities, projections, and then seats available, okay? The system doesn't make decisions about that, that's based off of the review that's done. So, so the kids will provide their attendance record, their discipline record, their academic record. So let me, let me show you. So one of the things that we don't do is we don't, even though, even though we can align this application with the student's eSchool ID to grab the address information, that sort of thing, we do not pull attendance data, grading data, discipline data from eSchool. school um, The only way that you get that into this system is by the documents that the parents provide when they submit the application. So they're submitting. You know, I don't, I'm not sure exactly what you're asking for, but they can get their attendance from their current school, their discipline, and their grade report. And, and most of the districts ask for that information. Um, there is some criteria. I think about 15 days for attendance. I don't know them off the top of my head. 15 unexcused days. Um, so, and and you can review that yourself and make a decision if you're going to include that student in the lottery or not, or just kind of deny them because of the, you know, if they're never go to school, they're a discipline problem and they're failing everything, then you can make the decision that, um, that you're not going to process their application through the lottery. Yes, absolutely, yep. The choice system is not going to make those local decisions for you, and it shouldn't. Those are, those are all local decisions. Yep. Mm. So, so some of the charter schools um, will um, invite above capacity because they know they're not going to get hundred percent. Okay, so it, it's it just depends. I mean, every every district is a little different. Every charter school is a little different um, because of the competitive um, aspect of choice in Newcastle County. Um, you know, as an example, um, Newark Charter will get 3,500 applications and accept n- 195 kindergartners, and that's pretty much it. So, kids who don't get that first choice are then looking. So, there's this whole big shuffle that happens once the invitations go out. So, they will inv- over invite because they know they're going to lose kids to other places. No they've gone up because it's easy it's easy for parents to, to to put the application in they're informed all along the way so so they can go right online and see the status of their application once um, once um, the decisions are made it, that, that's a that that is a um, again a, a choice that 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 the district makes to ask for those, those, that information, and it does add to the processing and it does add to the work that the parents have to do. Um, but, like I said, most of the districts in the state do ask for that information. Because you can. Right now, right now, the law says that you can ask for that information. Do you want me to show you this page? Do you have any other questions for me? Thank you.
0: That leads us into our next item, 402, which is school choice applications for 1718.
7: Thank you, Mr. Barley. Uh, This evening we have a total of 46 school choice applications. 28 of those have been accepted, 18 have been denied, 16 denied due to capacity. One has been denied due to attendance, and one denied due to discipline. And these applications have been pre-approved by Mr. Barley due to the time season parents didn't know uh, whether or not their son or daughters is one in a
1: particular school That so we do need more on these documents I'd, I'd like to make a recommendation that we accept the principals and the superintendent's recommendation for school choice so
7: moved second Which is what we're looking for that's correct that's no correct sir.
0: thank you you're second. welcome anyone have any questions
4: i just have a question about there was a discussion i know there was a meeting recently Did we get any closer to defining capacity? We did, okay.
2: Yeah, we we did. And I was going to chime in as as soon as uh, we went through this. Uh, We did. We put together the committee. I think Mr. Layfield had requested. Uh, Mr. Hudson was on the committee. We had uh, uh, building principals on the committee. Uh, Mr. Lewis, myself, uh, Juanita, Justice uh, Oakley was on the committee, as well as a few other people. And we reviewed things. I can tell you what we really came up with, and Jim, speak up if I'm wrong. We felt by looking at things, 85 is a low number for capacity. That is a low number. One of the things we looked at was, and I did a spreadsheet where I calculated with our buildings, our current capacity, uh, an 85% capacity, a 95% capacity. We felt the 95% kind of cut it pretty close. It did not leave a lot of room if you get bombarded with a a high level of kids coming in. We talked uh, a little... During the, the meeting we had, and, and Jimmy and I even talked this afternoon, we arrived at a, at a 90%. We thought 90% may be a fair, good capacity number uh, for us to look at. Um, we do have a couple of our schools. I, I, we got some information, uh, Mr. Booth found, back in 2002 when we had some, some buildings. We reviewed that information. We were able to build capacity numbers on those and make adjustments. We also did a physical square foot capacity count based on the uh, formula used by architects. Um, and we, we came out with what we feel, and, I, and I've ran these through the uh, principals, and we feel that these are, are capacities. I will tell you, Georgetown Middle went down. One of the big reasons being auxiliary gyms count for middle schools, they don't for elementary. And when we went to investigate the, the elementary is actually using the auxiliary day complex. So that did back those down. However, they're about 89% capacity of where we are. The schools that we have, uh, if you want to know, um, at, at capacities, uh, Philip Schau is about 69%. Law Baltimore is at 90 uh, 80 John Clayton is at 84 East is at 99 We have 96 at Long Neck. 86 at Georgetown Elementary, 88 at North Georgetown, 88 at the Kindergarten Center. Um, Southernville Middle School currently is over capacity, 103%. 90% Millsbury Middle, 89% Georgetown Middle, SDSA 83. We're at 96% at Indian River High School and 109% at Sussex Central High School. That's using numbers as of 2 o'clock today. I will tell you, we have noticed in the last week a dramatic increase in numbers. We've we've jumped up about 14, 15 units above where we were last September 30th in terms of uh, teaching units. We're at about 10,000, pretty close to 10,600 students as of this afternoon. This week, next week, and the week after, will be three big weeks where we will see a lot of kids come in. It we'll also lose kids, but we'll see a lot of kids come in. Things will plateau about the third week, fourth week of September. May even see a slight decrease in the number of students. However, what we generally see at that stage, we will see a slight increase in the units generated because students who come from other districts or out of state uh, who have special education services, sometimes we don't have that into the computer at registration time. So, you know, we feel pretty, pretty confident on where we were. We went through, uh, Mr. Lewis and I talked with every single building with a submission. Uh, the principal and I agreed uh, on every school of exactly what we should take, what we shouldn't take. And if we had a question, we asked why we, we went to that. And that's exactly what we did. And we, we did not have any any issues at all. That uh, going through this one, did we?
7: No, sir. Everything. Um, I think the 90 percent. I think is a, a fair number. <clears throat> I think it's something that we can look forward to, especially going into the 1819 um, uh, school choice uh, timeframe.
1: I, I do want to thank you and Mr. Lewis for going the extra mile for you meeting with the principals and going over this data because I feel a lot more comfortable with the process you've used this last time. I don't think there's any questions at this point because the principal and the superintendent have had a good discussion about where they are and what kids they can or cannot take. And I feel a lot better about where we are tonight than I have over the last four or five months. So I just want to thank you and your team for that. Thank you. I just have a quick question, Mr. Lewis. So got an email and we had a young lady speak tonight about applying her daughter for school choice to either north georgetown or georgetown elementary but yet there are zero applicants for either of those buildings so did this person apply not apply voted on previous months
7: if you give me one second I have some additional paperwork I can tell you exactly what I, I think, think
2: mr. Lewis, I think I think I probably answered it I think they were previously of applications that were previously denied okay uh, we, we did take a look at those, those students who were at the kindergarten center particularly those who had siblings so we went as far as looking at individual kids as, as we went through this okay now one of the issues that we have in first grade to give you an example we also asked principals to send us grade level mm-hmm. numbers and uh, you know, taking a look for example at Georgetown Elementary, they're at 86% capacity. However, their first grade numbers are, are 22, 23, and their TAM classes in first grade are 25 and 26. So at this stage of the game, we still will probably get students come in. May not be a lot, but we're we're just a little skeptical about adding school choice kids right now with not knowing over the next two weeks of where we are.
11: Mr.
1: Fritz, one of the things we did do, we went through every child at Kindergarten Center, Georgetown Elementary, and North Georgetown. I mean, I wanted to see where those numbers were. And I felt good after that process was done about where we were, what was going on at the grade levels, and, you know, why we're having these difficulties. So that's just my, my take on it. I'm just curious, since the person spoke this evening, why there wasn't anybody if it's somebody we already voted on them. That is correct. They were denied uh,
7: July 24th. Okay.
2: And I think tonight's, you know, one of the things we wanted to consider this evening is, is taking a look at the Data Service Center. I will tell you that I had a chance to take a look at this, uh, the new choice law uh, this summer. I think it was the June or July meeting with uh, Dr. Bunny up in Dover. It was presented at they thought at that point it was going to go through uh, this session. Uh, and they were asking for some input. And I can tell you, 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 you heard tonight's pre- presentation, this is a huge issue in Newcastle. But it is also an issue that people do things so differently, they want to try to synchronize and make sure everybody's doing it the same way. And this is, this is a, an application. I think it's valuable. I think really, uh, and, and Mr. Layfield to answer your question, I think, yeah, we can set the capacities at certain numbers if you have programs. And, and, and Mr. Lewis, tell me if I'm wrong, but I do believe the board has the, the opportunity that if there is a, a special circumstance or a situation you want to look at as a board, you can do that. You still have the opportunity to do that.
7: That's correct. The board still has to approve those applications as, we, as we've done in the past.
2: And to give you an idea of numbers, the, the, uh, Ms. Mr. Lewis and uh, Ms. Oakley went over to uh, a neighboring school district, um, probably the next biggest one, I, I think, in, in our county, and they process about 150 to 200 school choice applications a year. I think we process about 750 a year. Yes. Is that correct? So for us, it's, it's right now, it, it becomes a little bit of a personnel thing. It's just a, it's a time-consuming process. So this is, a, this is an application we'd like to consider looking at definitely uh, I do think in, in another year we're going to be told that's what we're going to use because I, I do believe the state will pass that. and also on your
7: um, in front of you on those red folders that's the information that the uh, Senate will put together so you can take that home and review that as well
0: are there any other questions about school choice I would need a motion
1: made one.
0: motion made and seconded any discussion all in favor of the motion, say aye. Aye. Opposed, and unanimous. Thank you, Mr. Booth. DESSA data review for 16 17.
12: Good evening. You should have on your board docs a PowerPoint that reviews our 2017 DESSA <coughs> data, that's the Delaware System of Student Assessment. Um, Most specifically I'm going to go over our Smarter Assessments, our DCAS Assessments, which are Science this year, and our SAT. Um, I will tell you that this information has been reviewed with the cabinet. It's also been reviewed recently with all the principals and they've set some uh, goals for themselves and their schools around this data. Uh, I won't belabor each slide and go through. You, You obviously have it there in front of you. I will tell you I'm a available for any questions tonight, and uh, if you want to dig into this deeper at any point, I can certainly review that with you. Um, but I would like to kind of go through and tell you what these slides are, are indicating. Uh, it, sl- slides two through seven, that's your ELA data for third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth. And some of the things that we did to organize this, as you'll see, there's a uh, the red line that uh, goes through those data points, those bars, That is the state data, that red line will kind of help you see uh, our schools in comparison with the state. Uh, What the principals did and what we did and what uh, I ask that you do is look for the trends in comparison to the state. And I think you will be pleased in many cases that our schools are above the state data and in a lot of cases also moving on a trajectory up whereas the state maybe has plateaued or has even dipped a little bit, but you can see um, you you are familiar with our schools and the demographics within our schools, and uh, we always want to see that trajectory forward as we're looking at these bar graphs. Uh, Again, slides two through seven is your ELA. Um, Once you move, that's your English language arts. Once you move into slides eight through 13, that shifts gears to math. And again, the the bars are set similarly. And again, this is, uh, I've provided some historical data for the last three years uh, from Smarter. And again, you can see some trends there in certain schools. And uh, prior to even seeing this, the principals had taken a deep dive into their data and were aware of the areas that they had some strengths and in areas that uh, they had set some goals for growth. Any questions on slides one through 13? Okay, once you move into slide 14, this gives you your disaggregate data. Both in the next several slides, it's disaggregate broken down by grade in both ELA and math. ELA is first, and then math is second. This is the most most of our uh, demographic areas. Uh, There are some others, Um, and in order to maintain a category, you must have at least 15 students within that uh, particular group. And again, I've provided uh, historical data from the last three years for Hispanic, African American, White, special education, low income, and ELL. Some of these subgroups are quite large. Some of them are small. And again, uh, I've provided that first on your far left in each one of these graphs. Is all data that's every student in, in, in the group compared to your disaggregate data? And again, this information is used. To help drive goals in how we are providing services for individual groups of students and how we're assigning teachers to provide support and our scheduling and programming and curricular resources to facilitate some of the growth with certain areas. Any questions with our disaggregate data? Okay, once you move on to slide uh, 26, I believe, we shift to DCAS. That is a, it's still a state assessment. It's just a different platform. It's no longer the smarter assessment. It is a DCAS assessment. And you can see we were, because this test has been around for a while, we were able to provide historical data all the way back from 2011. And uh, as you can see, this is just science. So it is just in certain grades, so uh, the first slide was science, you can see fifth grade. You can see the trend is similar with Indian River as it is with the state, although we are above the state. The next slide is fifth grade science proficiency. And you can see there's a lot of information there, but I wanted to provide you with as much as we had. Following that, you have eighth grade and 10th grade DCAS science proficiency levels as well. Any questions with DCAST science? Again that's 5th, 8th, and 10th grade. And finally moving into SAT, you can see there's a great deal of information there that uh, we've provided. You can see the scale scores, you can see where Indian River compares with the state, we've also broken this down by the students who meet proficiency levels as identified by the state, and you can see each of our high schools, uh, how they compare with the state and with one another. And your final slide is the SAT school day historical data. And I will remind you, this is for 11th grade students. It's mandatory all students take this test uh, on a designated school day. And this is the historical data since we've been uh, conducting this assessment since 2014. And you can see where the schools have, uh, have grown and where the state is um, in our comparison to those. Any questions with the Delaware system of student assessment data. Now there is a lot of information there I'm certainly I am available to answer any questions after you, if you want to look at this a little bit deeper with me or sit down you can certainly do that and this is just a set of standardized assessments that's mandated by the state that we do there's obviously many local assessments that we perform daily within our schools that provide us with a, uh, a wealth of knowledge as well but this is uh, the mandated Assessments that we conduct. Can answer any questions?
0: Questions? Is that it? Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you very much, Mr. Thank you. Next item is the uh, nutrition services budget, Mr. Timmy.
13: Good evening. Ladies and gentlemen, on your board docs, you will find the proposed. Uh, nutrition services operating budget for the upcoming school year. Uh, the budget is conservative, provides for contingency, sets monies aside for future equipment renovations, and ensures that the nutrition services department remains solvent. Uh, this does require
10: a motion and approval of the board.
1: Mm-hmm. Motion. Second.
0: Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. Aye. Opposed? That is unanimous. Know, next item, Mr. Timby, also. Uh, yes, that's
13: the meal prices. Um, I'm recommending that all meal prices for the students remain the same. Uh, we do need to make some minor adjustments to the adult pricing to stay within regulations with USDA. Um, five cents to the lunch, five cents to the breakfast. And then I've had to modify some of the meal component a la carte prices to stay within regulation. I've kept them as low as I possibly could. The cheapest I can charge for an adult meal is $3.54 and a quarter cents, I'm recommending three fifty-five. Um, cheapest we can charge for an adult breakfast is two dollars thirty two and a quarter cent I'm recommending two thirty five so we don't have to deal with the tax um, everything else is staying the same and I would require a motion and approval of the board.
0: Okay are there any questions? So moved. second, second.
1: second.
0: motion made and seconded. any discussion. All favor the motion say aye. aye. Opposed that is unanimous. thank you Mr. Chairman the next item on the agenda is I ask for this to be placed on there. This is for the new committee approvals It would be the uh, District Finance Committee and the School Choice Committee. We just need a motion to approve.
5: So moved. Second.
0: Motion made and seconded in any discussion. All in favor of the motion say aye. Aye. Opposed? That is unanimous. Thank you. Next item, DEOS Weather Station, uh, Mr. Booth.
11: Thank you. Mr. President, board members, um, tonight I'm happy to have with me Kevin Brinson from the University of Delaware. He's here to um, with a proposal to put a, a weather monitoring station at Indian River High School. About two and a half months ago, Kevin and I traveled to about five different school properties to take a look at uh, uh, finding a suitable place for one of these monitors. Uh, The benefit of which uh, benefits uh, our school district, uh, state citizens, and uh, there is a learning uh, learning component that's in there too. So I'm going to let Kevin make a brief uh, presentation and you can follow with your uh, packets.
14: Thank you, Joe. Good evening, everyone. Um, Thank you for the opportunity to ask to uh, talk to you this evening about this uh, weather station. The basic reason we need to locate a weather station, uh, we're part of a system uh, called the Delaware Environmental Observing System. It's a 57-station network uh, in support of the state's uh, various missions for emergency operations, transportation. Uh, We use snow monitoring as well for the system. Uh, We also support the agricultural communities uh, with the water, uh, the rainfall measurements that we take. And uh, this weather station would be one of the 57 Uh, The reason we want to locate it up this area is that we're supporting the Delaware Department of Transportation's Snow Removal Reimbursement Program. Uh, It's important that the stations be located in areas that they're interested in for snow removal. Um, And this area, around Indian River High School, is important for that that purpose. Um, On the packet, you can see there's a The specifications, the station itself is only 10 foot tall. It's a fairly small station, relatively speaking. It's not like a cell tower, cell phone tower, or anything of that nature.
5: Uh, we do need some
14: clearance for the station. We don't want to be too close to trees or buildings. Uh, otherwise, it doesn't get very good wind measurements in particular. Uh, it's a small footprint, about two foot by two foot, uh, in terms of the amount of space it actually occupies. Uh, there's a rain gauge, which you can see there's a picture on your um, page there is showing the tower of the weather station with the wind sensor on the top. And then the lower object to the right is a, uh, where the rain gauge would be. Um, if the soil is somewhat uh, undisturbed in the location where the station would go, we would put in soil sensors that would measure soil moisture and soil temperature, which we are using for agricultural purposes for planning, um, irrigation scheduling, and that nature. Um, all the cables would be buried. The station would be 100% maintained by us, so no one from the, the school would have to maintain it. Um, and the source of station, as I said before, supports DELDOT's um, operations. Um, we, Joe and I took a look at the, the we drove around the school quite a bit, took a uh, look at the places where the station might fit. I uh, took a, just a Google Earth image here, put five dots where I think the station would ideally be located, uh, ranked them one through five. Um, you know, it's it's Any of those locations would do. Obviously one would be our preference and then five would be the least preferable location. And uh, the last thing I just mentioned, as Joe mentioned before, is that the station reports weather data, it's real time. We have a website where all the data comes in. Um, we can work with uh, teachers, curriculum coordinators um, to incorporate the weather data into whatever lesson plans are, of interest to them. Uh, I myself or other folks from our group could even come down and work with teachers or students to discuss weather, uh, the weather station, the weather instrumentation or just meteorology in general. So, thank you.
5: Are there, are there any questions? Where's the, the next closest station to this proposed location?
14: Uh, there's one actually right here near Stokely Center. Uh, we also have uh, a station uh, near Long Neck, um, actually the Oakey Preserve out uh, on Long Neck Road. Um, and then we had a station, this, this actually, this station was in Selbyville, so actually we're relocating this station, we want to relocate it to Indian River High School. And we also have a station up at Harveston, Delaware as well.
0: Does anyone else have any questions? You're asking for approval for this this evening? Yes.
1: Make a motion to
0: accept. Second. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? (coughs) All in favor of the motion say aye. Aye. Opposed? That is unanimous. Thank you very much.
11: I I just wanted to add one thing. (coughs) I'll get together with uh, Principal uh, Williams to find which of the locations would be most suitable for for the school out of those five. Thank you.
0: Next
2: item is the uh, new centric club. Mr. Barlow, we have uh, I have Joe here. Uh, do you want to go through this for me to do it, Joe? You can't do
0: it either way.
2: Okay, let's... This after,
12: after executive session, we'll be talking about uh, bids and problems.
2: Yeah, there's one, there's one particular uh, bid that we have here. We'll have to be done in exact session.
14: Should we wait to discuss
7: this after executive
2: session? We could, Yes.
11: I think I've, a just a i, I think I've provided the board with uh, with the information that we discussed at the last meeting, and I think I think it's. But I, I do think that you'll have to discuss things and figure out which way you want to go with this. Um, so I think it would be appropriate in an executive session uh, to begin with. But make a motion to table this till after executive
0: session. Need a second. Sorry. Motion made and second. Any discussion? Mm-hmm. All in favor of the motion, say aye. aye. Opposed? That is unanimous. Thank you, Mr. B.
11: Thank
0: you. The next item would be the school tax relief request. That's also going to have to be an exact session. I need a motion for that also. So moved. Third, motion made and seconded in any second, discussion. All in favor of the motion, say aye. aye. Opposed? That is unanimous deal, FFA kind of
2: request? Yeah, this is a unique request, folks, and it's precedent setting, and I've been looking at this for a week, and I think it needs to come to the board, and I think we need to to vote on this. We have a situation uh, where we had a a student from one of our middle schools um, uh, compete in a competition in FFA at the 8th grade level, and this summer her project you know, qualified her for the FFA Nationals. However, the student transferred to Sussex Tech as a ninth grader. The Nationals occur in October, which means that the student will no longer be our student. Uh, we have, I've had, uh, Dr. Hudson, uh, take a look. We have one other school district who falls in this category that has an eighth grade, uh, FFA. Um, uh, like we when well, we presently do this is the first 8th grade group that has had this opportunity however we are under no obligation by the Department of Education we've already checked that we are not obligated uh, to uh, send the student or to chaperone the student when the student goes, the parents can take the student, uh, we did verify that to make sure I have talked to the, to the parents today, I think we need to take a look at this because there is a I think a litigation side of it, that, you know, if we send that student with our chaperones, for example, if we send them with either Indian River Team or Sussex Central, I'm not sure if Sussex has a team going or not, I think they do. If anything were to happen, that could come back on us. And those people, you know, technically. I think this is something we're going to have to take a look at at our policy meeting. And we're going to have to put this in our student field trip policies that any student in eighth grade who is a part of an FFA program and has the opportunity uh, to go to the nationals would have to remain in our district in order to go as a ninth grader. The FFA nationals are a little different as as our TSA and, and some of the other ones. You see, the FFA you qualify uh, sort of uh, you qualify the year before you actually go to the, the nationals. So the qualification is usually in the spring or during the summer at the fair. The nationals doesn't occur until the October. Of the next year. Also, at that same thing, but same boat, we have seniors who qualify for nationals, and this happens quite frequently in FFA, who actually graduate in June, but come back in October to go to the national competition. And we have had that. I know uh, Mr. Layfield's had it here. We had in Indian River, we've always had that. Those students have, however, progressed and graduated from the Indian River School District. My suggestion at this particular point is that we. Uh, do not participate in, in chaperoning or sending the student to nationals. We would leave that up to Sussex Tactical High School.
0: So, your recommendation? My recommendation is to
2: deny this request. Second.
1: Is, your, is your yep. motion? Second. second. I make a motion that would deny the request as second. proposed. I'm
0: second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. Aye. Opposed? business, uh, feature of Landsight.
2: Well, this is really good news, folks. We had a, a meeting last week, last Thursday, uh, up in Dover, and you know we have been going back and forth between the triangular plot that we have worked on for so long, and our legislators really pushed because they knew the district liked the rectangular plot across from Sussex Central High School. Well, we attended a meeting, and I, and I want to highlight uh, some of our... Uh, local legislators and former legislators. Uh, Mr. Barley, myself, uh, Joe Booth attended. Dr. Bunning was there. She got there a little late. But uh, I've represented Dave Wilson, uh, Harvey Kenton, Senators Petty John and Hawker, and former Senator George Bunning were in attendance, uh, along with um, the Connie Holland, the, the person in charge of state planning, and Mike Jackson came over from OMB. And uh, there were some other people there as well. However, we were a little bit afraid, and I think I have reported out last time, that if we choose to not go with the triangular plot, that we would probably would run out of time by the end of uh, August 31st, and our CN would be uh, declined and we would have to reapply. Uh, The meeting started. Since we have narrowed it down to two locations, they have okayed our CN. I got last, uh, last Saturday, a week ago Saturday, the CN from Jimmy Pannewell, um asking me to sign it. And then Susan emailed me two minutes later and said that if I sign it and drop it off, she'll sign it and take it back. So I just, to make sure I had a signed copy from both Dr. Bunning and myself, took two copies to her house. About ten minutes later, we both signed them. So our CN is uh, legal and binding. So the CN went through. What we have been requested to do, and we've already started this process, we have to do another PLUS application. That's the planning uh, application that we go through uh, for September. It has to be in by September the 1st. I think Jan is just about finishing that, and the architect is working on the rectangular plot with the uh, conceptual diagram like we had on the triangular plot. We will turn that in to the PLUS committee September the 1st, or, or before... We will get on the uh, PLUS meeting for the, I think the 22nd or 23rd of September. Once we go there, that's when we sit down with all of the agencies, DENREG, DELDOT, and all the other agencies that we have to deal with with construction, and, uh, and go through. And what they want to do is go through that PLUS process with the rectangular land. After about three weeks, so about the second week of October, we should get the final results of the PLUS committee. At that time, we'll reconvene the meeting uh, with all the personnel that was there last Thursday, and we will take a look at a comparison of both of the land sites. One of the things that the state's trying to do, is, you know, they're trying to save money. And what they want to make sure of is that we do not get a parcel of land that has unforeseen issues that could drive the cost up considerably. Um, so I do want to say that that is, that is really good news. Um, it's about 30, 30 acres I think we're asking for. I think that total parcel is about 40 uh, acres. I think we have a, I'm not sure if, we, if, if this was loaded, but I think there's a picture of this in the, uh, on board docks. No, there isn't. Uh, I can send one out, but you're familiar with the site that we're looking at. So I think all in all, that was great news, and I, I do want to say this. I know Dr. Bunning has worked very hard from her position as the Secretary of Education, but our local legislators have worked very, very hard in trying to make this possible. And, you know, when you walk into a room when you have that many legislators and and George Bunning, former Senator Bunning, you know, that's an important process. And the big question was, if it's a level four property, uh, is it going to be changed to a level two? And the answer that I... I think we learned Mr. Barley was no, it doesn't necessarily have to go to a level two, but there are special circumstances that you can build on a level four and a school uh, which houses our severely handicapped students such as Howard TNS would qualify for a special circumstance. so this this may be great news. there's also a discussion of a possible mini bond bill in January. we don't know. If we would qualify for any of that bond bill or not, we we really don't know. We never got any kind of definite answer. Uh, But they are looking for a mini-bond bill if we could get possible funding so we could at least start the planning stage of this. We still may be the 2020 folks before we get the money. That that may be just how long we have to wait. And that's a state issue. That's not really our issue. But again, this is a 100% state-funded project. So that's where we are.
0: Any questions? need a motion to table the next two items, 502 and 503, to so executive session. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor the motion say aye. Opposed? That is your hands. Committee reports, uh, athletic fields oversight. Mr. Hudson?
1: Yeah, we did not have a uh, meeting last month. Our meeting starts September 11th at 6 o'clock.
0: Okay, all of our meetings will take place on that. So uh, Comprehensive School Safety, Mr. Layfield, do you have anything? We'll be starting back with Comprehensive School Safety meetings, starting at the September morning. Okay, thank you. Uh, finance uh, will be discussed when Mrs. Steele gives the uh, report. Curriculum, Mr. Hudson? No, no, no. Mary Bailey Scholarship, Mr. Nothing Fritz? Nothing to report. Special Education Task Force, Dr. Statler.
4: Uh, Our first task force meeting this year will be on September 18th. Uh, We do plan to expand the committee and have a few new people joining the group this year. Special Education Week has been scheduled uh, for this winter, just like last year. Uh, Planning efforts are currently underway. It will be held February 28th through March the 2nd. We will also be hosting four parent focus group meetings this year throughout the district Uh, We found that last year they were such a great opportunity to be able to connect with our parents and families and um, communities throughout the district. So the dates for those will be forthcoming. Most likely we will have two in the fall and two in the late winter or early spring. Um, And finally, uh, we have an article that we're going to send out to principals that talks about current research regarding the the, um, trending areas in special education with the plan to develop what we, we see in our district as trending areas in special education. We know that there may be some differences in national trends and what we see locally, but that research will help us to really develop conversations this year around those topics. So that will be something forthcoming. Thank you.
0: Any questions for Dr. Satman? Policy, Mr. Collins?
1: No bigger report? Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. IREA Rep? <laughs> Superintendent's
2: report. Uh, I've attached a copy of uh, special activities. I, I haven't put some of the things on. We had a lot of meetings this week or last week, going through things such as uh, meeting with bus drivers and trying to get everything ready. We did have our new teachers' week last week. Uh, you know, I do want to say a thank you to you know Director of Personnel uh, Celeste as well as Lori um, Hudson and Patricia Jennings. They had a, a very well planned week. Uh, for our new teachers, and everything went very well.
0: Financial reports. Mrs. Steele. Need a motion to pay the regular invoices for July uh, of 2017? So moved. A motion made, and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. Aye. Opposed? That is unanimous. Financial summaries, Mrs. Steele.
3: Um, I'm... I'm gonna jump ahead a little bit. I'd like to talk about the budget before I do the July financials. Um, What I've proposed is a preliminary budget based on estimates for this school year. I would come back to you then in October with a final budget um, after September 30th when we know how many units we have and know what our um, final state funding figures will be. Um, but if you go ahead and look at the preliminary budget, um, we have a total revenue increase of about 6% over last year. Um, a lot of that has to do with the referendum and the additional, um, tax revenues. Um, we still have a pending give back of 1.2 million. Um, we have to have a plan into the state, um, by October 31st. So at this point, our plan is to wait till after September 30th um, to see where we end up unit-wise, if there are positions that we can give back to the state, um, and then determine what other state funds uh, we feel are available to give back. We've already given back uh, $800,000. Uh, we did that right away because we need those funds to be able to get through the summer. Um, So we are just waiting until September 30th to see what our final plan will be. Um, The the discretionary revenue, those are funds that, it's up to the district how we spend the money. Some of them are state money, some of them are local funds. Um, But it's up to us to determine um, how we're gonna spend them. Um, And this report shows the um, trends over the last two years, actual figures, our estimate for this year, and then an estimate for the two years going forward. Uh, We roughly have about a um, 2% increase in assessments and units um, each year, so the estimates for the next two years are based on a 2% increase. Um, Our expenses, all sources, we have a 2% increase Part of that is due to um, I have budgeted a reserve dollar amount for the district as a budgeted item. We've talked um, quite a bit in the last year about needing a reserve to carry over um, as of June 30th. So um, this year I've actually budgeted funds Um, for that reserve so that we can start building it up. It'll take us a couple of years to build it up to the point where um, we can feel very comfortable going forward that we have a reserve that will carry us through from one year to the next. Um, The discretionary budget is um, very similar to what we had last year. Um, The one change is of pulled safety and security out as a line item, and we'll show that each month, um, our tax revenues that we will obtain from the $0.08 that we said will be used for safety and security, um, I will show that revenue offset by our expenses um, moving forward. Um, There's also analysis of our tax rates over the last several years, it it shows almost 20 years. Um, Estimated tax revenue with all sources is almost 49 million dollars. And then there's some historical information over the last 20 years of the tax rates and the capitation rates for the district. Additionally, I have a budget for Howard T. Ennis. Again, I've budgeted um, the revenue from all their sources. They also have a $140,000 give back that we have to determine. So the state additionally took money from Indian River School District and Anna School. Um, their de- um, expenses have decreased by about 8% this year. A lot of that is um, Due to salaries, we had more state units last year that we were able to um, pay from state dollars instead of local dollars for the staff at the school. Um, and so now let's go back to the July financials for the total revenue. Um, typically in the past, the state had has funded us um, July 1st for 75 percent of what we earned the previous year. Um, This year, the business managers met with um, OMB and Department of Education and asked that um, the state fund us at 90% as of July 1st. Because we were all losing so much money in the give back, we needed the additional funds to be able to make payroll. Um, And they agreed to do that, so you can see already In the first month um, we've received quite a few or a lot of our state funds that we will receive Um, we've only had one month of tax revenue and it's not at our new rate yet Um, so there were very few local funds received and the federal funds um, we have not received yet the grant is in um, process of being approved um, As we speak, we usually receive the grant funds in October and November. Um, The discretionary expenses, um, as you can see, we haven't spent much money this last month or the month of July, I should say. We've spent it in August. Um, But we asked all the schools to work with us and hold off and not begin spending right away July 1st. They've worked with us very well. Once we got the 800,000 back from the state, we um, opened the floodgate, so to speak, and the schools um, have begun spending. Um, Again, I show there the budget for the reserve, and each month I'll show a balance, revenue minus expenses, of what is available to carry forward. Um, We're about 8% of the way through the year, one month. Um, Howard TNS, if you look at their expenses, they're about 10%, but they have additional summer salaries that they pay um, for their summer program. Um, And then the taxes, in the tax year 2017, we received about 870000 more than we budgeted. Um, that's mainly due to uh, penalty and interest. I don't usually budget for the penalty and interest, just for the taxes. The second part, um, these are more detailed reports. $16,351. Um, Ingram Pond expenses. Um, of 781 dollars and 90 cents. The ILC budgets um, are about, they've spent about 7% of their budgets, the majority of their budgets are salaries, which continue throughout the year. Um, Safety and security, we've spent 56,046 dollars, and have no income to offset that at this point in the year. Um, That will begin when we get the um, September taxes and then the balance in October and then the federal programs were are um, working on paying out the FY 17 FY 16 is complete major cap we have um, a little over $14,000 remaining um, we also have almost $63,000 in purchase orders remaining but then that will close out all of our um, major cap programs. Um, we had one payment to Bayer Industries this month. In minor cap, balance of funds is $1,322,000. Um, that is good for two years. And we had payments in July of $56,539.22. And then the next thing I think is me, still. the um, Financial position report. This is a report we have to do three times a year for Department of Education. This one reports from July 1st to October 15th. We have to project, um, and basically they're looking at the schools to see if you have enough funds on hand at the end of that time period to pay one month of local payroll our projected balance is uh, 4.9 million and one month of local payroll r- is 2.5 million anybody have any questions on any of the financial reports any questions at all okay
0: thank you Communications,
2: Mr. Steele. Uh, Mr. Barter, we have uh, one uh, request by the uh, use of or the use for the Millsburg uh, Middle School softball field on Saturday, September 17th by Emmanuel's House Church. I would recommend we approve that. So moved.
0: Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. Aye.
2: Opposed? That is unanimous. 9.02. We have two field trip requests. Both are overnight, uh, both are the FFA. Um, National trip uh, from our two high schools, I would recommend that we approve both of those.
0: So moved. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. Aye. Opposed? That is unanimous. Mr. Byerly, I
3: forgot that I actually need approval on um, the budgets and the financial
0: Okay, going back up to 8.05, we would need a motion to pay the fiscal year 2018 budget.
1: I make a motion. We accept our budget.
0: Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. 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 Opposed? That is unanimous. Thank you.
1: Yeah. So moved. Second.
0: Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. 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 Opposed? That is unanimous. Item number 10 is for the second public comment. Mr. Maloney, do you wish to speak? About
2: the hand, I think.
10: They appear on your website, okay? First one I'd like to bring up is your district clarifies property tax issues, okay? Don't know who put it up there. You see, I can find a signature on the article that's put up there, but I didn't find that. This is on your website, IRSD, Okay? Part of the tax increase stems from the public's approval of the current expense referendum. This is to the district handing an abnormal amount of phone calls. Pertaining to the tax increase. However, next paragraph written by somebody who ever posted stuff. Remaining tax increase resolve access to actions taken by the Delaware State General Assembly in July in the process of balancing the state budget by cutting 65 and over from 500 to 400 to be open, transparent, as I've tried to stress to you folks as elected officials. It should have been stated in there in, I believe it was the month of June, Mr. Byerly, off the record before that meeting, uh, excuse me, July 3rd, when I asked you about if you the tax, uh, if the, the uh, excuse me, the uh, school board increased, the tax another three cents, technically making it. uh, 49 from the referendum, plus 3 cents. Let's be fair, accurate, let's put it in there. Your decision to also raise the school board. Also in there as to why senior citizens and everyone else is facing a higher tax rate. The other thing I have with, it's on currently on your website again, okay? is from WRDE that somebody was happily, and I'm sure WRDE probably contacted you. I'm not saying someone from the board did, but I have a problem is, when did a public school become a charity? 30 seconds. If you have a 5013C, I could understand it, but I don't think you do. If you do, I'd like to see it, please, okay? I think the school board
0: Motion for executive session. Second. Motion made and second. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. Aye. Opposed? That is Um, unanimous. 4.08 is the new Century Club proposal. Is there a motion?
1: I make a motion that we accept the offer that's been presented. Okay.
0: Is there a second? Okay. Motion made and second. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. Aye. Opposed? That is unanimous. The uh, school tax relief request. Item number one, is a motion? Motion
1: to aye. accept item number one and two. Yes, I'll second that. And four. Right.
0: Mm. So you said oh. one, and two. one and two. OK. OK, motion is to accept item one and two. And a second. Aye. Any discussion? Aye. All in favor of the motion, say aye. 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 Opposed. That is unanimous. And item number three is to deny. The motion would be to deny.
1: So moved. Second.
0: The motion made is second. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. Aye. Opposed. Aye. That is unanimous. And number four. Is there, there, there was four of them, right? Yeah, There's yeah. four.
2: The four is the business. We need, need a motion yeah, on we need, number,
0: we need a motion one way or the other on number four.
2: Make
0: a motion to deny number four. Now, look, for for clarity, number four, that's not the one that the gentleman's asking for the money back. Right. No, number uh, that
1: number three.
0: That's what I thought. Okay. Number so, four is the
1: business. Okay. Is there a second to that I'll motion? I second, that. I'll second that.
0: Okay. Motion made in second to uh, deny. All in favor of the motion say yes, yes. Oh, right. aye. Aye. aye, opposed, that is unanimous. Request made by uh, employee 18-01, is there a recommendation? Make a motion to accept the request. Is there a second?
4: Second.
0: Motion made it and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. Aye. Opposed? That's unanimous. Personnel agenda. Need a motion to uh, approve personnel agenda?
1: So moved. Second. A
0: motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. 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 Opposed? That is unanimous. The addendum, need a motion to approve, excluding item number 16. So moved. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. Aye. Opposed? That is unanimous. Need a motion to table item number 16. So moved. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. Opposed? That is unanimous. Need a motion for the contractual agenda? So moved. Second. Is motion made it? and seconded, any discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. 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 Opposed? That is unanimous. That's
9: it. No, you don't okay. have to do
0: that, and it, well, we don't have to do I'm oh, sorry, negotiations need a motion on uh, recommendation for negotiations. Is there a second? Second, second. And that would be with a contingency that they uh, agree. Okay. Uh, All in favor of the motion say aye. 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 Opposed? That is unanimous. No further business coming before the board. Meeting adjourned.